Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. My name is Ian McLaren, and behind me is a child playing Fortnite. This is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to me, as well as take a look around the NHL. Uh, sorry, I was a bit thrown off there by that yelling. Uh, what was I going to say? Today is Thursday, June 17th. We are already a few days into the off season, and struggle to find things to talk about with any news, but I am going to address the big question heading into this season, which was the shift on defense to youth. Let's uh, discuss whether or not that was a good idea in the end, and uh, before we do that, however, let me remind you to please smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. I've noticed a dip in listenership since the end of the playoffs, and you know what? I completely understand because uh, we're all disappointed and want to unplug here as the uh, weather gets nicer, but I still will be recording for the foreseeable future, so feel free to jump in on the conversation and uh, check out what is going on here on the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. If you want to follow on Twitter, you can do so at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's Locked on Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, let's talk about the defense. As we all know, heading into this season, the Bruins made a conscious decision to move on from two core defensemen in Zdeno Chara and Tori Krug, allowing some spots to be opened up for youth to be served, namely Jacobs Borrell and Jeremy Lozon. As it turned out, the defense core was uh, just beset with injuries this season, and far more depth was required than hoped for or anticipated. Uh, Don Sweeney the other day revealed that the Bruins had eight concussions on their back end this season, Two of those came in the postseason with both Brandon Carlo and Kevin Miller seeing their playoffs cut short after heavy hits that left them with head injuries. Uh, Miller's very dirty hit that was unpunished. Uh, Carlo with a fairly clean hit, uh, or a very clean hit, he even admitted that, uh, but still had devastating consequences. Uh, The back end struggled, particularly on the penalty kill, without Carlo and Miller over the last three games against the Islanders. The Bruins were also without veterans John Moore and Stephen Kampfer, both of whom underwent season-ending surgeries in the spring. And Jacobs Borrell was also unable to um, suit up due to injury. That left them with a third pairing of Jared Tenorti and Connor Clifton. However, through all that, Don Sweeney thought that they did an adequate job throughout the course of the year, and that's in reference to, again, the decision to integrate young blue liners like Lozon and Zborl into the lineup. We certainly had some challenges. We had the eight concussions. Uh, Carlo was injured during the season. Miller was in and out. 
uh, you're mixing and matching, he said, and we had some players come in like Jared Tenorti and play well in some situations. We added Mike Riley from a puck-moving standpoint, and he acquitted himself well. But Sweeney said they realized that you need to have depth in the organization on the back end. Certainly losing Carlo and Miller for the last series definitely presented some challenges. They had some young players that had to go on the penalty kill in situations in primary minutes that we had spread around pretty cleanly with Brandon and Kevin. Obviously, you do have to account for injuries, but if teams lose two of their top six when you're going through a playoff run, it's going to have a residual effect. It's not an excuse, Sweeney said, because you have to have depth. He thinks at certain points the younger guys acquitted themselves well, and at other times they may have stumbled. They had some stumbles, they had some roadblocks, and that's to be expected. Like I said, Jacobs Borrell did not suit up in the playoffs due to injury. Jeremy Lozon's game was pretty up and down. Uh, we will all remember that pass attempt that he made against the Islanders that came back uh, into the back of the net on a breakaway goal by Casey Sezikis. Very unfortunate turn of events there. Uh, he was playing with an injured right hand after he had already injured his left hand earlier this season. Uh, so we'll cut him a bit of a break there, but still, you know, I definitely understand the decision to move on from Tory Krug. Uh, he has a heavy payday well into his 30s, and the Bruins at the time were reluctant to spend big as we were in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. The decision to move on from Chara, I still think, was somewhat premature or misguided as long as he's willing to play and as long as he's able to play I think he should have remained a member of the Boston Bruins and exactly for the reasons that Sweeney mentioned you need depth there will be injuries um, sure you wanted to play Zborl and Lozon night in and night out but realistically that's not going to happen and it would have been nice to have uh, Chara there to help you know stabilize the defense as well as uh, provide some mentorship to those young guys instead they relied on Kevin Miller for that uh, announcing his signing on the first day of free agency and of course uh, as many of us expected he wasn't able to uh, remain in the lineup consistently because he's playing on a surgically repaired knee and hadn't played regularly in uh, two years both Sweeney and Neely, as well as head coach Bruce Cassidy, noted the potential need for a minutes-eating defenseman that can play alongside Carlo on the Bruins' second pair, especially if Mike Riley departs via free agency. Neely said the elusive left D they've been looking for that can chew up a lot of minutes, maybe play on the second pairing with Carlo, that will be something that they're looking for, um, and someone who can shut down but also provide some puck movement some blue line acumen offensively you can never have enough d we never seem to have enough for some reason or another we get banged up neely reiterated that they did have those eight concussions something he doesn't know how to combat but that position is something that they've been looking for for a while hopefully they can do something to grab someone that's going to help maybe play 20 minutes a game for us. The Bruins, of course, do still have some youngsters coming up like Yerho Vakaninen, uh, Jack Ashan, 
Um, Mason Lori, not quite ready, but he was named the best defenseman in the USHL this season, recording 19 goals and 40 assists for 59 points uh, this season as a 20-year-old. Might still be a year or two away, but, you know, that second-round pick is not looking uh, too bad at the moment. So all that to say... I still think the Bruins, you know, were right to focus on guys like Lozon and Zborl. I still think keeping Chara around would have been the best thing, just in terms of depth as well as leadership, mentorship, and just preserving his legacy with the Boston Bruins. And um, ultimately, you know, injuries are going to happen. They did happen. And Carlo and Miller were the big ones in the playoffs. And if they had been healthy, we might have seen another result against the New York Islanders. But here we are with, you know, Matt Grizzlick, the only sure thing on the left side for the Bruins at the moment. And uh, we'll take a look here at some options that could arise in free agency. But before we do, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet online for all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA and NHL playoffs are getting deeper. And before the next game, you can head over to Bet Online on your laptop or a mobile device to check out all the news, sign up bonuses, and contest information that they have at Bet Online. You can also sign up for a free account on your mobile device and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to league championships. Again, that's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I should add, in the regular season, the Bruins gave up an average of 2.39 goals per game, which is tied for fourth fewest with the Carolina Hurricanes. The only teams better were the Vegas Golden Knights. New York Islanders, and Colorado Avalanche. And when it came to the penalty kill, sorry, the Bruins were second with an 86% penalty kill rate. So, you know, you can't really say the defense failed the Bruins in those key areas this season. Actually, before we get to some free agency options, it's worth noting that uh, the defense core could be uh, lessened through the expansion draft. Uh, The Bruins obviously have yet to um, put their list together of protected players. We all recall in uh, 2017, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, selected Colin Miller from the Bruins back end, and there's a risk there that a defenseman could be taken from here as well. Uh, You have, you know, Connor Clifton, Jeremy Lozon, Jacobs Borrell, who I believe are all eligible to be... Uh, selected they're going to protect three defensemen and without question it's going to be Charlie McAvoy Brandon Carlo and Matt Grizzlick Uh, so that's three more spots on defense that you need to fill on the athletic this morning there was a mock expansion draft posted and um, there were selections made by the athletics Ryan Clark Eric Duhachik and Dom Lashishin and uh, Clark, who is the uh, Kraken correspondent for The Athletic, said, let's go with Jeremy Lozon. He's another defenseman who will be a pending RFA. 
2021 campaign provided an extended look at how Lozon could configure into a defense. The Bruins used him as a penalty killer who averaged at least 18 minutes per game. Could the Kraken do the same? Uh, Eric Duhachik said only 24. Jeremy Lozon with decent size and gradually, incrementally, showing signs of evolving into a solid, minute-munching NHL defender. Uh, Dom went with Jacobs Borrell, best known for not being Matt Barzell. I'll take a flyer based on pedigree, given the lack of realistic options from the Bruins. So, realistically, the Bruins could lose one of the two guys that they had pegged as, uh, you know, being in their top six, replacements for Chara and Krug. Uh, Connor Clifton is another possibility there, but it looks as though either Lozon or Zborl could be the guy snagged by the Kraken this time around. Now, uh, there is mutual interest in re-signing Mike Riley, uh, so that's definitely an option for the Bruins, but who are some other free agents that perhaps they will look at, particularly on the left side? The top option will certainly be Alec Martinez from Vegas. He's 33 years old, currently playing for the Golden Knights in the conference finals and looking uh, very good for them. He has a cap hit of $4 million currently, will certainly be in line for a raise. Uh, You wouldn't want to commit too much term and money to a guy who's already 33, uh, but he would be the best option on the left side. Uh, Alex Goligoski is also up there. He's 35 Um, probably won't command the same amount of money as Martinez, uh, and I believe there was interest in him prior to the trade deadline this season. From there, it gets a bit dicey. You have, um, you know, Derek Forbort from the Winnipeg Jets, Eric Gustafson, who, you know, he's only 29, didn't quite fit in with the Montreal Canadiens, but he's a guy who could, you know, help on the power play. But he definitely wouldn't be my first choice. There is Zdeno Chara is a free agent once again. Uh, Mark Stahl, Patrick Nemeth, Ian Cole, Alex Edler. You know, nobody who really jumps off the page as someone who's going to, uh, you know, make a huge impact for the Boston Bruins. Now, there are some younger players who are... Restrictive free agents who could be worth a look. I think specifically of Vince Dunn, the St. Louis Blues. He has been pretty available uh, since the beginning of this season, uh, somewhat falling out of favor there. He's only 24. He had 20 points in 43 games for the Blues this season. Uh, An RFA, uh, so it would have to be kind of a sign-and-trade situation perhaps, Uh, but he would be a very good, Good young player for the Bruins to target. Uh, Ryan Murray is a UFA. Uh, He was a second overall pick. Hasn't really quite lived up to that billing, but he could be a solid kind of minutes-eating shutdown guy for the Bruins as well. Um, And there's also another tantalizing option in Toronto as uh, Morgan Riley could be made available in a trade. Now, uh, we all know... Uh, Morgan Riley, how uh, the Bruins have, you know, beaten that defense in the past. He's only making $5 million. He does have a no trade clause uh, and will be a UFA at the end of this upcoming season. He's only 27, a left-hand shot, 
if the Bruins could somehow talk the Leafs into making a deal there, I think that would be well worth exploring uh, for sure. So we'll see, again, if they can re-sign Mike Riley, uh, who they add to play on the left side as well, or do they continue to roll with whoever's left between Zborl and Lozon? Do they give Yerho Vakaniner a shot? Do they see what they have in Jack Ashan? Or do they make a splash and try to sign um, someone on the left side? They could even look on the right side. If, you know, uh, Kevin Miller's not going to be back, there could be a need for the third pair right-hand shot defenseman as well. Uh, I don't know if, you know, Connor Clifton is nice, he's serviceable, but I don't necessarily see him as like an everyday third pair defenseman. Uh, and he could also be scooped up by the Vegas Golden Knights. Who knows? So there's a lot of questions on the blue line for the Bruins. Uh, the expansion draft will certainly play a role in that. And we all know that uh, Don Sweeney will not make any announcements on signings, or very few at the very least, before the expansion draft, because that will certainly affect who they're able to protect. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a few a few weeks until we have a bit more clarity on the Bruins' plans for the offseason. The expansion draft is set for, when is it supposed to take place? July 21st. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it would be worth looking at some key dates for the offseason for the NHL as we try to sort out what the offseason might look like for the Boston Bruins. So July 9th is the last possible day of the Stanley Cup Final. July 17th is the deadline for teams to submit their protected lists for the 2021 expansion draft. That process will take place four days later, July 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then the first round of the NHL draft will be July 23rd. The 24th will be rounds two and seven. And then the uh, free agent signing period begins noon on July 28th. So, uh, you know, in 11 days there, there's going to be quite a lot going on. The protected list submitted, the expansion draft, uh, the NHL selection process, the NHL draft, and then free agency all within the span of 11 days. So that's going to be quite busy. Between now and then, we'll be keeping an eye on all the latest news and notes, rumors, reports, and trying to suss out what the Bruins might be up to in uh, free agency, at the draft, any potential trades that might trickle in. Now, before we do get to some news and notes from around the NHL, uh, let's talk for a moment about Rock Auto. You can save time and money by using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need for your vehicle. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, raise your hand if you thought the Atlanta Hawks would be up 3-2 on the Philadelphia 76ers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens beating the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 in Game 2 of their third round series. Alex Pietrangelo scored twice for Vegas, uh, and Joel Armia, Tyler Toffoli, Paul Byron scoring for the uh, Canadiens. That series surprisingly tied at 1. Uh, Canadians with a 9-4 record so far in the playoffs. Golden Knights 9-6. Uh, so Canadians with the tied with the uh, Lightning for the fewest losses so far in the playoffs at 4, which is quite, quite amazing when you think about it. It appears as though the Jack Eichel trade talk is heating up. Pierre Lebrun reports he's hearing trade conversations between the Sabres and other teams are getting serious and intense. He believes Sabres general manager Kevin Adams will want a first-round pick in this year's draft as part of the return. The Bruins do have that, although I don't know if they have the pieces to put uh, much else together in a package. He mentions, LeBron mentions, um, the Kings, Wild, Ducks, Blue Jackets, Flyers, and Rangers as potential landing spots. Um, so yeah, it doesn't seem as though the Bruins will be in on that. And, you know, it's going to be either Pasternak or McAvoy. That is the ask. So, you know, let's, uh, let's pass on that. I would think Kevin Hodgson is the 2021 winner of the Willie O'Ree community hero award. He's the executive director of heroes, uh, which stands for hockey education, reaching out society. I had personally voted for Renee Hess of black girl hockey club, who I think was very deserving of the award as well. Uh, but congratulations, um, uh, to Kevin for that win. And finally, I wanted to mention uh, there was a mailbag question on NHL.com about uh, Tuka Rask, his uncertain future with the Bruins because of unrestricted free agency and a labrum surgery. Uh, And Dan Rosen of NHL.com said the Bruins won't go into next season with Swayman as their number one. He may earn that role in training camp or early in the season, but that won't be a lock going into camp, not with 10 games of experience under his belt. There are different ways the Bruins can attack their goaltending for next season with Rask, a pending UFA who needs surgery that will keep him out until at least January. I think what they will do is sign or acquire a veteran goalie who will play in tandem with Swayman or Vladar. That buys them time to wait until January when Rask might be nearing the end of his rehab to decide what might be best for them, keeping the goalies they already have in place or signing Rask to supplant them. It makes sense to wait until Rask has his surgery and is deep into his rehab before they consider re-signing him. How much will the surgery impact Rask? How badly will he want to play after sitting out for so long? These are questions that can't be answered now. The Bruins have goalie options available in free agency. It makes more sense to go with someone willing to take a one-year contract because they don't know what will happen with Rask or if Swayman or Vladar might shine and be ready to be a number one quicker than expected. Potential options include Mike Smith, Pekka Rinne, Peter Mrazek, Antti Ranta, Chris Dreger, Brian Elliott, Jonathan Bernier, and potentially Henrik Lundqvist. 
Another option is to resign Halak, a pending UFA who has played the past three seasons with the Bruins. I think a tricky part there, like I mentioned the other day, is who's going to be willing to sign knowing that they might lose their spot you know, halfway through the season if Rask returns and if one of the young guys uh, shows that they are able to, uh, you know, hold at least the backup spot. And remember, Vladar needs waivers to be sent to Providence, uh, which makes things tricky as well. So while I agree with this assessment, it might be tricky to add a veteran who knows that he might not, you know, play as much later in the season if Rask does indeed return. Anyways, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Uh, Last night, I know William Nickerson on uh, Twitter asked if I had watched the Handmaid's Tale finale. We did. It was uh, unbelievable. And uh, I won't spoil anything, but uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend that show in general. I'm going to try to catch up on the latest episode of Loki tonight. Uh, Still watching that F1 show. Almost done the first season. And uh, probably watch some Lupin as well on Netflix, which is uh, very, very good. Um, And otherwise, I've been reading this book called Sarum by Edward Rutherford. Uh, He's kind of a historical fiction uh, master and uh, really enjoying that. So far, I ordered another book uh, about the history of Paris uh, for Father's Day, uh, which is pretty fun. Last night, we were able to get out to a patio for the first time. Actually went into a store, bought some new clothes, which is crazy. That had been, you know, a year and a half since we did that. So life slowly getting back to normal up here. Um, and next on the list is to get a, a haircut, which is very long overdue. Anyways, I hope you are all having a great week. Uh, happy Thursday. That much closer to the weekend. And we'll be back tomorrow uh, for the final episode this week. And, uh, you know, the latest this week in hockey with Mayor. So have a good one, friends. Talk to you later.